You're listening to the Love Your Neighbor Podcast. Well, welcome to Link's Podcast. It's great to have you with us. My name is John, and today we're going to have an amazing conversation with my friend, my partner in ministry, Josh King. Josh King, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. All the nice people, now they get to meet you. This is so fun. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Josh, I'm excited, man. This is a, this will be a good conversation. You and I talk all the time. Uh, this is a little bit, a little bit different, but now we get to have everybody listening in. So, <laughs> <laughs> so keep that in mind. Let's keep that in mind. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, well, Josh, for those of you that maybe don't know you or haven't met you yet, uh, t- tell Brandon a little bit about your story, how who you are, how you got to Brandon, and all that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we uh, um, moved to Brandon in September of uh, 2011. So my uh, um, my parents were together at the time or since divorce, um, but my mom has family near Marshall, Minnesota, and so they decided if they could ever. Um, move closer out here that they would take that. And so my dad was able to get as close as Sioux Falls with his job. And so in September of 2011, um, they took that, they took that opportunity. And so we moved from uh, Centennial, Colorado, which is, which is just right around Denver. And uh, we packed up all our stuff and, and, and moved out here to Brandon. And uh, I've been here ever since. So I started halfway through my eighth grade year and, and finished out high school here and still live here. And uh, but yeah, love Brandon. I, you know, God willing, I, I, I'd stay here uh, the rest of my life. So yeah, so you've so you graduated, got married. Now you just had your second. Malachi is two months. Yep, two months. Yep, two months. So you've chosen to stay in Brandon. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what's been great about living in Brandon, married, kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the first podcasts I watched of yours, I can't remember her name, but you asked her the same question, and. Uh, she said, "Brandon is a growing community, but it feels small." And uh, I, I, you know, I never forgot that, and I completely agree. It's it, it's a growing community, but it's still, you know, you still go to the grocery store and you see people that you know, you know, when you go. Uh, and so it's it's a safe community, especially having kids. Um, you know, you're always you're always worried about their safety. And in Brandon, I don't feel like you really have to worry about that a whole lot. Um, great school district, great just great place to to raise kids. You know. Um, South Dakota is a great state to live in, and Brandon is a great city within that state to live. Uh, and so it's just safe. You know, you feel safe. You can, you know, wake up and go for a jog, you know, in the morning or at night. You know, you know, you just, things you don't got to worry about, you know, it's a safe, yeah. safe place. So, uh, Going for a jog. There, there's there's things that I have to worry about. <laughs> going for a jog. <laughs> I could pull, you could pull something. <laughs> Fair enough. You can still, you know, strain muscles and stuff. I don't want to, don't want to give people the wrong idea. <laughs> Um, but you, so Brandon's kind of home. You've been here since 2011. Um, talk a little bit about now your, your career, obviously recently, uh, this last March, you joined our team at Celebrate. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about kind of your, your career path. I mean, I, I love your story. Share with the folks, maybe even some students that are watching some people that are in your, maybe a few years younger than you that are, that are coming up. What was kind of your career path? Uh, because, you know, being a pastor, having a, you know, being a pastor, working for nonprofits is a thing that a lot of people want to do. Like it's on their bucket list, but you've actually done it. Mm-hmm. 
talk about that journey, how you got to to where you're at right now. Yeah, yeah, that's a. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot in that, but uh, essentially, um, I met my wife um, when I was 18 in high school, and um, really just fell in love with her. Uh, but right around that time, the 18th and 19th years of my life, um, some very transformative things happened. Um, I was going through some stuff personally where God was just kind of revealing to me um, some self-righteousness and some, some different things where I, where I was really needing to work on. And at the same time, um, my parents who had been married 20-plus years decided to get a divorce. Um, and on top of all of that, um, Ashley actually ended up getting pregnant um, when I was 19 and she was 18. And so, um, and then on top of all of that, I was feeling, I was feeling very, very called into ministry. Um, and, and I've told you this story before, but, I, you know, I'll tell it again. I was working at McDonald's and uh, I, I was, uh, to be perfectly honest, I'd been running from my calling for a while. Just didn't feel like I was good enough. Um, didn't feel like I was in, in a place where I could be a pastor. Um, although I had multiple people in my life telling me it's something that I needed to do. Specifically, my grandma told me um, growing up from my earliest memories, I had two other, I have two other siblings, and uh, I was the only one she ever told that, you know, you're going to be a pastor one day. And of course, I always kind of, you know, laughed it off. I was joked that I was going to go to the NBA instead, uh, but that didn't work out. And so, well, um, and you, I mean, and you're now let's go. I want to go back to the McDonald's thing because yeah. that that's interesting because you, McDonald's and Brandon, it, it's right next to our church. Mm-hmm. You were you're working there. I mean, in high school, how long did you work there? What was that like for you? Five years. Yeah. So I Five worked there years. from my freshman year, um, and then and then I quit right after my son was born, um, and that would have been in my freshman year of college. So yeah, I, I did the McDonald's thing for a while, but yeah, it it, it comes full circle. How? How did that shape you? Like working in that industry, I have to imagine there were some tough, tough days. Yeah. <laughs> were there you some? Were there some tough, <laughs> oh yeah, say, yeah. What's one of like your like, just one of your maybe like best stories about working there? One of my best stories. Um, you know, I don't want to say anything rude. But I, I, I was, uh, it's not rude. <laughs> that's, it's not that's rude. All, that's the best way to preface an response when you say, I don't want to say anything rude. I know. It's like that's saying, my job to say, we all want to hear now. No offense, but. Um, <laughs> so, so that McDonald's is, is uh, connected right to uh, the Holiday Gas Station. Yeah, yeah. And there was one night, so I was a manager there, so I was responsible for everything when I was there. And uh, the sink broke one day, and I knew a guy that worked at the gas station. He just so happened to be taking out the garbage and some lady was in the drive-thru and she saw him taking out the garbage. And then I asked him to come help me fix my sink. And so then she saw him go from taking out the garbage to walking in the kitchen. And so um, she proceeded to to yell at me because um, the guy who was just taking out the garbage was making her sandwich. And so I tried to explain it to her and she was not calming down. And then she, uh, she told me she was going to take a picture of the floor and send it to headquarters and get me fired. And uh, and I said, okay, please do. And it's just kind of where... So, I mean, that that that's maybe not my best story, but one of my most memorable ones. It's just... So she she threatened to call Ronald, like go right straight to the top. Ronald McDonald himself, yeah. Right to the top. I never wow. did get fired, so I don't, I don't hmm. know what happened. But. 
you talk about the, you know, struggling with self-righteousness. I, I gotta, I mean, that seems to me to be just, I, I, every time I, you know, on the rare occasion that I will continue go through the McDonald's drive through I mean, the rare occasion, you know, that'll happen during the course of a day. <laughs> um, I, I mean, there's gotta be a lot of just like moments where you just have to go, okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. And just move on, right? Yeah, and that that's one of the probably the biggest thing it taught me was I, I went from being an introvert to an extrovert. Specifically, being a manager, you kind of have to do that. Um, but the other thing it really taught me uh, um, was to kind of like manage my emotions, you know, because mm. there were there were definitely days where I felt like screaming and punching something, uh, but you can't do that. <laughs> and so it really kind of taught me how to like take a deep breath, you know. So, we'll get so through it. I, I'm go- now we're getting to it, and I want to just I want to highlight this because I think this is pretty incredible. You're a high school student, correct? Yeah. And you're managing a McDonald's restaurant. Yeah. One of them, yeah, yeah. I was I was one of the managers. There. One of the managers. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty. I I look at that and I go, wow, that's pretty. That's pretty impressive. I, I think the fact that you display those, you know, those skills of leadership and the ability to do that as a 17, 18 year old, that's pretty incredible. So I, I want to brag on you a little bit. That's, I appreciate it. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I think when we, when we, you talk about this calling that yeah. for those people that aren't familiar with the, the word like calling, how would you describe that to someone who's just watching and like, what is a calling? Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is that call to ministry or call to be a pastor? What does that mean? Yeah. In, in the, yeah. I think it's uh, another way to put it is affirmation. You know, you feel affirmed. And for me, it was very, uh, it was very personal. I, I as, um, mentioned McDonald's and I was, I was working one night, I was mopping the floors and really struggling because I, I had entered school uh, for business, got bored of business and, uh, and tried to go for nursing and realized very, very quickly that I'm not smart enough to be a nurse. And so I was really just struggling, knowing in the back of my head what I was supposed to be doing, uh, but really running from it. And um, yeah, I was, I was mopping the floors one night. The store was closed. I was listening to music. And I, I really still to this day don't know exactly how to describe it, but it was a very overwhelming feeling um, where God w- was telling me that I was to stop running from what I was doing and, and to go into ministry. And um, Ashley was my girlfriend at the time, and, and I don't I don't know if she remembers this or not, but I I pulled out my phone and I and I texted her and I said you know I think I got to go to school for ministry, and so that's what I did. I I got my degree from Liberty University um, online, and I interned within that um, that time frame. I interned at Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, and that's kind of where we got to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but but to me, a, a calling in a ministry is being affirmed um, not only by by people, obviously I was affirmed by, by a lot of people around me, but by God as well, knowing that it's something that God uh, is calling you to do. Yeah. How, how has that been working out? So has that been like a, a straight line for hmm. you? I mean, you went from that moment, from that mountaintop to the next mountaintop. Uh, how has that journey been, you know, and being, obviously being a husband and a dad now? Yeah. What's that journey been like from where you knew what you were supposed to do to now where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was not, I'm not jumping from mountain peak to mountain peak. That's for sure. Um, you know, when I felt called into ministry, into ministry, excuse me, it was a really weird thing because I really didn't know a lot about the Bible. I grew up in church. Um, you know, but I didn't know, I knew a lot of church. I didn't know a lot of Jesus. 
And so it wasn't until I started going to celebrate that I really got to know, um, you know, who Jesus was. And so that was kind of confusing. And then on top of all that, you know, Ashley was pregnant and we were very young and I was going to school. And, you know, something that Ashley did that she doesn't get enough credit for um, is uh, she didn't plan on getting pregnant when she was 18. You know, she had her own dreams and her own hopes. And uh, um, she didn't even ask me. I mean, she put her entire life on hold and she raised our son so that I could go to school. And so there was there was that and balancing that and balancing being a, a husband and a father and a full-time employee and a full-time student. And I mean, there were so many days where I just felt completely overwhelmed and, and over my head um, and not really knowing what I was doing. And then, and then um, a guy that you know, Austin White, um, yeah. great, very graciously stepped into my life and became a mentor for me, and really pointed me towards um, interning at Celebrate. And that was in, but that was probably 2019 when we started talking. And uh, I wasn't married at that point, and honestly, we weren't really thinking about it, not because we didn't want to get married, but because there was just so much other things going on mm-hmm. that it wasn't really in the in the front of our mind, and so. Uh, all of a sudden I could see where I wanted to be, but I was, I was stuck here and there were still things that I had to work on. And, and, um, so I got married, married Ashley on, uh, on July 13th of, uh, 2019. And then January of 2020, um, started interning at Celebrate Church. And it was just an amazing five month endeavor. Uh, felt so, felt like I was exactly right where I needed to be, um, and it's funny because, you know, I signed a little contract stating that it was going to be a five-month internship and, you know, and then the five months come and it ends and I, and I really got kind of down on myself um, because I felt so, you know, being an internet celebrate, I felt like I was exactly where God wanted me to be. And when I wasn't there anymore, I really questioned my calling. I questioned God. I questioned a lot of different things. And right at the right time, uh, I had another. I had another pastor, Britton Bodecker. Uh, he stepped into my life and and essentially just told me to uh, stop doing this with my life and start doing this. Mm-hmm. And and so that's what I that's what I did. And it, and it wasn't an easy process, um, but I did that. And so I, after my internship, I worked part time for about six months, and then I ended up at a nonprofit called the Furniture Mission of South Dakota, and um, just learned so much stuff there about um, first and foremost serving. And the importance mm-hmm. of humbling yourself, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, and serving somebody that doesn't have the benefits that you do. And so that was an amazing job. I mean, I love that job. I learned so much about leadership and organization and communication. So many things that I can now apply to what I'm doing. Um, and then obviously, of course, in December, you reached out to me and and here we are now. And mm-hmm. I couldn't be happier. But it's it's fun to look back, you know, on the past couple of years. And realize uh, that as funny as it sounds to say that God is a lot smarter than we are mm. and he's got a plan for it all. And so when we when we see it, we don't always see what God's doing and, and what God's planning, but he does. And mm. so I've really just learned to uh, to just kind of go with the flow. You know, God's gonna yeah. God's gonna put me where I need to be when I need to be there and that's how we're that's how we're gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanna take a left turn with you here. Um Recently, there's been a decision in the Supreme Court. And, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was born when Roe versus Wade 
was ruled on originally in 1974. I've been processing that for the last couple of, you know, couple of days now. I live in a country now where we've taken a step towards this idea of, of a right to life and taking back some ground in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's hard to celebrate though. You were in that situation. You and Ashley were in that situation. What does the words right to life, pro-life, pro-choice, how did how did that play into your guys' decision mm-hmm. before Elijah came along? And then now looking back, talk about that a little bit and, and from a real world. Because to me, I think the church and the people that call themselves pro-life not only need to push against these governmental decrees, but incentivize and hold accountable men who have a responsibility to be a father. Now, I don't know what that was like for you. I look at your life and say, hey, you and Ashley obviously made it. But talk about that. Was that pro-life, pro-choice to you? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, so I I remember having a friend ask me, um, I can't, I think it was either during Ashley's pregnancy or right after Elijah was born. Um, and I can't remember if she, she asked about abortion, but she did ask if we ever considered adoption. And, um, to be honest, I mean, neither of those ever crossed our mind. Um, I mean, I remember very clearly the day that she told me she was pregnant and, uh, from day one, it was, we got to try and figure ourselves out because it's, it's, it's about more than us now. You know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, when, when I hear, you know, pro-choice and the right to live now, especially now after having a kid and now having two children and man, just, you know, looking in their eyes and, um, realizing, uh, you know, Psalm 139 says that God knit us together in our mother's womb, looking at your child and realizing that before I knew this kid, God was intricately knitting him together and, and what that means. Um, and so, you know, when I, when I think of, of right to live, um, I, I, I can definitely say I'm a lot more passionate about it now, now that, um, you know, now that I have my own children and I, and it's, I was just listening to a, uh, a little sermon clip by a pastor yesterday, and he was saying, since Roe v. Wade in 1950, there have been over 60 million abortions. Um, and it, it, it's it, as a pastor and as somebody who, who's a Christ follower, it's it's a unique position to be in because as terrible as it is, um, you know, we still have to show grace um, and forgiveness. And and so there's definitely a there's definitely a, a balance that we have to take in standing up for for the right to live, speaking for those who can't speak for themselves, but at the same time coming alongside of people who have made that decision and saying, right. you know, we still love you and more importantly, God loves you. And uh and so I think there's a there's a there's a healthy balance there that we gotta yeah. that we gotta figure out. I, I look at the uh you know the whole I, I obviously have two boys. My wife and I have two boys. I can't talk to a woman in any way, real meaningful way really when it comes to this topic. However, I would like to hear what you would say to a young man who's maybe either thinking about um, a sexual relationship with someone they're dating um, or has been in a relationship with someone they're dating and they're having sex. What would you say to someone who's 
who's taking those, you know, taking that and pushing that envelope and really stepping into that world, what would you say to them? And maybe somebody in a situation where they've found out that there's, there's a pregnancy that they're are, that they are mm-hmm. connected to. Yeah. What would you say to a young man? Yeah. Like that? For, let, let's not talk about the, what would you say to a man in yep. that position? Yep. That's a great question. First of all, what I, you know, the, the, the beautiful thing, the, the thing I appreciate so much about what I've been through now, kind of on the other side of it, so to speak, is I can I can speak into people's lives. And I've been able to do that with a few different young men. Uh, but the first thing I would say is I didn't do it the right way. And I don't hide that. Um, wait until you're married. Um, you know, and that's such a cliche thing to say. And I remember my dad telling me that growing up, you know, and then life happens and, and things happen. Uh, but but wait until you're married would be my number one thing. My second thing is, um, you know, if you're a young man and maybe, you know, your girlfriend's pregnant or, um, or you're in, you're in, a, you're in a sexual relationship, whatever that may be is, um, don't have any, if it happens, if you get your girlfriend pregnant, if that, cause that does have, I mean, happens every day. People, you know, are doing that. And my thing would be, don't be ashamed. You know, that's something that I really struggled with. I especially, especially remember telling my parents and my grandparents, um, I was happy that I was having a kid, but I was ashamed at the circumstances. I was ashamed to have to sit in front of my mom when I was 19 years old and not married and, and tell her that she was going to be a grandma. And um, having a child is nothing to be ashamed of. And so um, no matter no matter what, a, a, you know, a kid is a miracle. Uh, and, and that'd probably be my biggest, my biggest thing, but also just the importance of fatherhood. And I've realized that now, uh, now more than ever is stepping up and being a dad. Um, I wasn't planning on being a dad when I became a dad, but I wouldn't change a stinking thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, words cannot express how much and you can relate, but how much you love your kids. And you know, I always remember my dad telling me, um, growing up, you know, oh, I, I love you, buddy. And I'd be like, yeah, I know. He'll be like, you have no idea. You have no clue. And it's something where you truly don't, you, t- you truly don't understand it until you have your own. And, um, but it's so important to be a dad and it's so important to be an involved father. You know, children, whether it's, you know, boy or little boy or little girl, they need their dads. And, and we need to be there for our kids, you know, because if we're not, so, so, somebody else is or something else is. Um, and so we need, you know, we need to step up and we need to, we need yeah. to be there for our kids. Amen. That's good. I would affirm that in you that when once you take that step of becoming a dad, however that happens, taking responsibility, not being ashamed and saying, yes, I'm I'm in, mm-hmm. you know, is so important. And I think it's important not just for you and I and our kids, it's important for our entire our entire community. And building a strong community, building strong relationships starts at that father child father mother relationship it's so so important so thank you for sharing i appreciate you sharing that josh and um i look forward to more of these conversations thanks for keeping it real man yeah absolutely thanks for having me thank you for joining us on the love your neighbor podcast The purpose of the Love Your Neighbor podcast is to build community one conversation at a time. 
You can help us build that community by sharing the podcast on your social media channels and rating our podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. Another way is to let us know of any neighbors who have a story. Go Leaks! Go Leaks!